0: Well, you started. I did. I gotta stop eating the veggie chips then. Can I get like two more and then I'll I'm Yeah gonna, go for it? Okay, yeah. here I go. And then I'm yeah. gonna actually do the open that I had planned on actually okay. I'm gonna say it and then I'm gonna eat the chips. Okay. Yeah, it's, why do you look so nice? <laughs> why why are you like less scary? Like <laughs> I was born this
1: way. Uh I so I like had the most optimal morning ever. Um uh, I woke up at five AM. Well, I woke up at four fifteen took my energy shot and then at five I got ready to go to the gym. Went to the gym, went running, did abs and then immediately left the gym and went straight to my barbers, which is 30 minutes from the gym. And then I got my haircut. So he still like, didn't cut it right. Like he defaulted back to what, before my last haircut, which is like the really short side and kind of like the long top. I don't know. He just, that's just like his default. I've got to like show him. Do you, have you ever seen the MTV show catfish? Mm, I've heard of it, but no, I haven't seen it. So like the main guy, Neve Shulman, um, like I, last time I went in and I was like his hair, I just showed him a picture and I was like, Neve's hair. There you go. And he did it right. Like he, he, he did it right. then I came in and I was like, Hey, Ken, same as last time. And then he was like, Oh, okay. And then he went like, he thought last time was like six months ago. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's
0: not what I wanted, but here you we go. I do that with mm. I just show him Jack Dorsey. Oh like, yeah. Hey, make me look, look Make me look like that guy. That's pretty much (laughs) it's not like my, he's not my hero or anything. It's like, this is coincidentally very similar to, well, I was uh, was watching catfish
1: and I was like, I really like Neve's hair. Yeah. That's the hair that that's, that's the hair that I had like all through kind of like my senior year and shortly after college or shortly after high school. So,
0: but does your barber, did you shave? Does your barber do shaves?
1: No, I didn't shave. I shaved like two or three days ago. This is like seriously like a week of not shaving. Like it's, I don't grow facial hair. That's not
0: fair. I'm, I know people are like jealous the other way around where they think it's so cool that like, oh, you have a beard in two weeks. That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. It's a real pain. So,
1: yeah, there's like a there's a good point in my in my week where my like facial hair actually looks really good and I like it. Like it adds just enough of um, uh, what's that filter on Instagram where it's like or sharpen where it's like, like it adds like enough of like the like natural sharpen filter to my face and I
0: I enjoy it. But then after oh, that, nice it gets now. really gross. Thank Wait, you. What, so what is it right now? What do you think? What? How long is my hair? My no, is it like, oh. right now the good spot? Is that what you're saying? Or no? Are you saying that you're past it? Because I think it looks good. I think I think it can go just a little
1: bit longer. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about? Oh, uh, a good one. Yes. You do it then. You got it. What? Intro it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I I hear problems with agency owners wanting to start an agency as like a side gig versus like just jumping in feet first and doing and, and doing the whole agency thing like full time. And Cody and I have said before, like, it's kind of stupid to do that if you if you don't have to. And you, you can take it from our perspective, Cody and I, we started growing Evergrow on the side of our, our of our 40 hour per week day jobs. And we did that for years. I'm we're on year we're on year five. I'm I still have a 40 hour day job, and we're pushing half a million dollar company. So I don't. There's like this big glorification with like jumping jumping off and like just trying to get as many clients as possible. Because once you do that, once you leave your day job, you are you now have to provide for yourself and pay your bills and and um, you know survive. So I was recently having a conversation with uh, someone that messages, messages me questions quite a bit about growing their agency because they started one too. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to get clients fast because they left their day job to do this full time. And I like my heart sank when I heard that. And I was just like, Why? Because after talking to them more, like they don't have any experience in uh, social ads or Google ads or SEO or website design uh, or development, they're learning all of this on the fly. And for my mentee, Marcus, who's listening to this uh, knows how much learning is required to actually learn all of that stuff before you can actually charge for that service. And to have to learn that to sideload that with also running a business and, 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 um, you know, working on the acquisition of your clients. Um, that's a lot. And it's also going to be a long time before you actually get clients. I, I say this all the time. Like it took me six months of building my agency just to get one client. They lasted two months. And then it took me another, I think eight months to get the second client, um, which is when you joined. So, it, it takes a long time. So if you're if you're leaving your day job and now you're like scrambling to get clients, you're gonna resort to really bad practices of trying to get those clients, like hiring appointment setters and high ticket closers. Those things that we just talked about in la- the last episode. Um, There's so so in- much wrong with that. <laughs> so much. So, so I was much on the fun. treadmill this morning and I just listened to the episode. I always listen to our own our own podcast um, because it's like a quality control thing, but. Um, I, and it also gives me ideas for new episodes, but, uh, what was funny is my Spotify wrapped came up and I'm not even in the top 1% of our podcast listeners. I listen to every episode. I was like, how is that even possible? It's kind of flattering, I guess, right? (laughs) No, that means people, that means more than one person is listening to the episodes more than once because I've listened to every episode and, uh, yeah, I was in the top, I think two percent. But Marcus sent me, uh, he sent me a screenshot. He's in like the top point five percent. All right. And then, well, I'm talking to Andrew on Facebook right now, but I think he sent me his, and he was in like the top five percent. So, Andrew, okay. you got to gotta listen more, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we got to stop for a second. We got to go back to that, um, the jumping from your job to do this full time thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean this in the nicest way that you can say it, but I don't I can't say a single person. I've never met one. I, I don't know a single one who is in a mentally great place just doing well. Right. Like I, it's just that hasn't happened. I, I can't say, hey, that person that just left their job and doesn't actually have a plan is doing really well. Right. It just doesn't happen. Nine times out of ten. And by nine times out of ten, I mean ten times out of ten. Because it's never I, – <laughs> I haven't met somebody. All of those people could use therapy. <laughs> Every single one of them. There's well, something – I think that, everybody could use a little therapy. Well, yeah, I'm not going to say that's not true. Uh, uh, everybody would benefit from therapy. But something is – you've got something missing if, if you feel that uh, – If that was your logical process to go, you know, the best way to do this is to not be at my job. And I have I don't know anything about doing the other stuff and I'm going to go do it anyway and figure it out. And again, we've said before, like this is survivorship bias. The people who end up making it work, they all go back and say there was no other way I had to do it. That was it was the only way that it would work for me.
1: And I turned out great. I don't yeah. care if I brought up this point, but every single time when someone says "look at me, I turned out great," like they didn't, like they're not self aware <laughs> at all, and they're just like, like they're like missing like half their teeth, and they're like, oh, "I turned out fine," and I'm just thinking, "No, you didn't." <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's like uh, it's like the the meme of you know, it's never your successful friend sharing the motivational quotes. <laughs> yeah. So I. I I really wanted
1: to kind of talk about this because I mean, on one end of the spectrum, like if I were to leave my day job, I would have so much more free time to, you know, dedicate to this and arguably my quality of life would go up because I could do a lot more and I wouldn't feel like I have to, you know, work on somebody else's thing um, or like, you know, work within somebody else's rules and it's just it's not who I am personally, like I just I like to make my own rules, and I like to kind of be the one in charge um but they're on the other side of the spectrum, if you don't have yourself financially figured out before you leave your day job, then you're only asking for you know you'd have to go to therapy because that that is a huge mental load to take on, but also like. Yeah, now you have to survive. So when when you leave and you say like, there is no other way, like there is now no other way. Like you have to get, you have to get work. And usually what people do is they end up resorting to, again, those appointment setters. or they resort to like really shitty sales tactics that are like just trying to get people in. And without building a business, they just start getting clients, um, which is kind of like a freelancer mindset, which doesn't really scale or, or grow much past 10K a month. Um, so what this guy asked me, he asked me, um, a question and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically, how do how do I, how how am I expect, expected to grow an agency if I have to do the client work and the client acquisition? And he wasn't even speaking from also having a day job. He was just speaking from like doing this full time. And to me, that blows my mind because I'm like, how have you tried it? Like, there's like, there's no way to know that you can't do that unless you actually try to do that. And I kind of gave him some actionable tips. And I was like, look, I, you know, I've had my full-time job since I started my agency. And one, having a partner really helps because two people who work part-time on the agency is one person working full-time on the agency. That's mm-hmm. basically how that is. So I don't think Evergirl wouldn't have grown this fast without a full-time Load of like owner hours put into the business, um, right? And and we were able to divide that between us two. But you could still get to a very healthy spot just by yourself, um, especially if you if you bill a certain way. You'll get to that um, in a moment here. But um, one of the things I had mentioned was that hey, it's it's basically all one client at a time. First, you need to know you need to find one client. That you can do outside of your work hours and not only learn how to manage that client and how to actually do the marketing, but also how to do the marketing from an agency perspective. So if you're if that client is paying you to run Facebook ads or organic social, you're not just doing that for them and collecting a paycheck, you're doing that, but also learning what works, what doesn't work, what's streamlined, how can you duplicate this for another client? Then you have to think about and extrapolate what does that look like if I have five of these clients? And like, can I do this faster? I think we talked about this in our documenting episode, which was the last episode. Um, I, I realized earlier in this episode, I said the last episode, but I'm at two episodes ago because we have one episode that hasn't been cut and edited yet. But um, that's the documenting episode. But it's uh, once you do that, then you add your second client. So then now you've got two clients after work or on the weekends. And you manage both of those, and then you work on getting your third client. And then at some point, there is a break in which you can no longer take on more clients after work or on the weekends because your capacity is now filled up. And then you have to actually hire people to help you so you can take on more. And maybe the person you hire isn't taking on all of the client work. Maybe they're just doing like something that's that takes up a lot of time in that client work and you still manage the relationships and certain aspects of all of your clients. Um, but let's say that person you hire was able to take 30% of your client load out of the three that you have. Well, guess what? That just bought you another client. And then Mm -hmm. then that person can take 20% of all your client loads. Now that bought you another client. So, uh, but when you make that leap of of hiring that person, I mean, you're going to get up to, let's just say you're, you have three clients or four clients, and that's what you can reasonably manage after work. And each of those clients you charge, I don't know. Would say a thousand dollars management fee. That's a lot. That's more than we do, but let's just say you did that. Um, that's four thousand dollars a month. That's a pretty nice salary. That's, uh, I mean, what does that come to? Like four thousand, forty-eight thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, or fifty, yeah, fifty thousand almost. So, like, that's like a full-time salary. And but when you hire somebody, you can kind of think of that as getting cut in half. So now you are no longer making forty-eight. You are making twenty-four, but you are doing half the work. And then you just have to keep doing that, and it's it's almost like rubber banding, it's like two steps forward, one step back every time, and like that's how <laughs> like high level how you grow after work um but that was my that was my soapbox that was my speech that I gave to this guy, and I was like that's kind of what you have to do
0: yeah, I think the first thing before anything else is recognizing and realizing that you need to disassociate your service offering whatever that is with a direct time equivalent right that's why we productize services is that it's not direct like that because if you're trying to do that i'm not gonna say you can't you can't you can it's possible but you're gonna go through more hell than you need to if you are directly billing hours to dollars if you disassociate from that and then you recognize whatever your service is partially as a value bill you give yourself more wiggle room to flex in either direction, right? If you need more time or if you need less time. So the term is value billing and I I don't really like using it um, because of how some people perceive it, but that is important. You need to get to a point where you know your service offering and it isn't tied directly to a certain number of hours and, and I mean, this in the, the best of ways that the client doesn't know about <laughs> internally, you can know those sorts of things. And my, my perspective and, Jake and I, we talk about this. If you can do the job internally that needs to be done faster than what our estimated equivalent is, that's a great thing. That's awesome. That's super. Assuming that you're doing the job well and to the level and the standard that it needs to be done, if you're doing it quicker, great, that's super. And then you don't need to tell the client, right? Because that's not how you sold it. You didn't sell it as, you know, we're giving you X hours directly and you're paying for X hours directly. That's one business model. When you productize, it gives you that wiggle room to adjust as you need to. Um, And It is a double-edged sword too because when you productize, there are certain months where you spend
1: more time than you originally allocated for. And this is true in other industries too. This isn't something that we just made up because we're marketing agency owners and we can do whatever we want. It's, it's something that even our clients in the lawn care industry use, like they productize their lawn mowing services, they have, you know, a minimum of $100 per or would say $80. That's too much um, $50 per weekly mow. So uh, that's their minimum. And that's probably like a quarter acre lot, if that, Um, or yeah, if that, but then after that, they go, they'll when they go and quote, they'll quote it off of like an estimated number of hours. But they don't usually come back and say, oh, it took us more time. So, like, this is the change in the bill. They quote it based off of a productized quote that they quote right there. And um, we just kind of take that into the agency perspective on a month-to-month basis. Like, this is how much it's going to be every single month because this is what we're, we do in our services. And it's roughly how long it should take, give or take an hour or two a month.
0: Yeah. And, and the point isn't to take advantage of your clients. It's that you if you've priced appropriately, then it doesn't matter. If the value that they're getting for the service that you're offering matches up to the price, then everybody's happy. Everybody wins, right? Even if you do it more efficiently, the value that you're giving, that's why it's called value billing is worth it. And then again, also be prepared for the flip side and know that those months are going to suck. (laughs) When you when you do have to put in the extra hours and extra time, because for whatever reason, whatever reason, things aren't working how you need them to or plan them to or or whatever Um, that I think is a, is a critical mental thing to understand and know and be prepared for. Um, But no matter what, it does not save you from the suck. The suck is unavoidable and you're going to go through that. I know a lot of people try that's, that's why they leave their jobs. That's why they jump is they think, Oh, well now i will just, you know, I, I don't have the day job, so I'll just work a lot during normal, what a normal job would be. And uh, I think it's unavoidable. Even if you do that, no matter what, you're still going to have the times where you're working a lot, a disgusting amount. You're probably going to get fat at some point happened (laughs) to me, right? We've, we've joked about this. Um, You'll neglect your health. There's a lot that goes into this, that you, you don't get the luxury of being able to prioritize everything as you would at a normal job. And I say that and people are like, "Oh, you don't get to prioritize everything at a normal job." Yeah, you think that now. Now just wait until you run an agency and then you don't get to prioritize anything at all because all you all of your time is sucked up in the business. And that's not a forever thing. That's a temporary thing. But you have to be mentally prepared for that too because if you're doing that at night, it's going to be late nights. When and I don't we,
1: go ahead I'll say we, we thought about opening up like an agency training program. We wanted to call it midnight agency because the whole point of that was to like show you how you can learn to build your own agency at midnight because that's how we did ours. And I think there's two types of people. There's, there's a type of person who jumps into the agency world and like goes full bore. That's what I did when I started Evergirl. It's what you did when you joined me and you spend late nights and all you think about doing is growing the business and seeing how you can get clients in like a legitimate way and building a brand. And then if things like that were your hobbies, like for me, it was video games. I stopped doing because I, I, I was thinking like, I could just do this. Like I could just keep working. And I just kind of became obsessed with it. And like you said, I neglected my health and everything like that. But then there's other people who, who start the agency thing because they think it could be lucrative pretty fast and they don't think they're going to have a problem getting clients. And they do a little bit work of here and a little bit work there. And then like nothing really takes off. Nothing grows because what they, what they don't want to give up is their social life and they don't want to give up their hobbies and the things that they do on the side that, you know, having an actual career or an actual job that paid you a steady income allowed you to do in your free time. Um, and those people end up not seeing success for even longer than the people who just go full bore, because their mind and their mental headspace is fragmented into kind of like the sedentary lifestyle that most people have or want to have when, um, you know, they work at a day job and they just want to like relax with their friends at the end of the day. There is no end of the day when you start your own business
0: guess no, like it's, it's, it's always going
1: and then... I have to, I have to schedule like I have to schedule time to do things with friends and family. Like I can't, I can't just like be like, Oh yeah, the day's over. Like let's, you know, figure out what, what we want to do. Someone's like, Hey, we're going to go to like punch bowl social and like play some games and be like, okay, when and where? Cause I got to make sure that my schedule is open. Mm-hmm. And then like, as soon as like that happens, like I have to like block it off on my calendar because if I don't, I'll get like a lead from Evergrow and I'd be like, Hey, when can you call? And they're like, Uh, oh, I, you know, it's a really busy week. I'm only available in the evenings or like, I mean, I had a call with a, a potential client on actually a, a now client. He signed the agreement and it, you get an invoice out to him. I had a call with him on Sunday, which is my date day. I scheduled the call for 1230, which is exactly when I get home from paintball practice so like I timed it. I was like, okay, paintball practice ends at noon. I leave at noon. I get home, and it's twelve thirty. And then I got on the call. And then like I was on the call in my paintball gear, <laughs> like because like I just have to budget that out. And like I was telling them, normally I don't take calls or do work on Sunday because it's my date day with my fiance. But we're super busy right now, so I'm taking like any of these calls that I can get and scheduling them during times that are you know reasonably open.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people try to hide that too, which is a mistake. They think that if something is a side hustle that it doesn't look as legitimate, which is stupid. Um, I I started this was I was still at my um, day job and I sent I think it was just internal emails once. I couldn't sleep. I woke up at three a.m. I started working, right? It's kind of the person I am. I couldn't do any I, I'm not gonna lay there. So I just got started and um they checked on me the next day. I think it was my boss who just said, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> and uh I said, I mean, nah, generally speaking, right? I mean I I I like a lot of people who are self-employed, I, I uh I have depression which I deal with and you know, I'm somewhat neurotic, people could say, but yeah, generally speaking, all things good. And what I realized though after that is that you have two crowds when it comes to that sort of thing. You have the crowd that says emailing at certain times or contacting people at certain times is unprofessional. I'm of the belief that how you, how and when you choose to receive information, and this took me a while to get here, actually, um, is your problem. You have the ability to filter when you receive stuff. You want to delay, you want to put your phone in airplane mode, you want to uh, not check your email, that sort of thing, right? That's your, that's your thing. When you're going to respond and that sort of stuff. Um, So, I'm working when I'm working and when other people want to respond in that sort of thing, I don't care. That's up to them. And they're at liberty to do that whenever they want to. We have clients who I know I can, I can call them at midnight. I could call them at 1am. They'll probably answer. Even if they don't, they're going to call me back at like 5am. Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not a bad thing to hustle. And it's not something that you should hide. There isn't a single person who's seriously working on their business because that's who you're working with early on, especially, right? If you've got clients, they're going to be probably smaller. They're not going to be as... Or if they are bigger, you're probably working with the top dogs anyway. There's not a single one of them that if you say, hey, I can only meet after five because this is my side hustle, that they're going to go, man, what a lazy piece of shit.
1: Dude, this was this was actually... Um... This was a uh what do you call it? It was a um when you're when you're oh it was this self-conscious. This is something I was self-conscious about when I first started selling because I worked at um that industrial scale distributor uh as an inside sales and marketing person. And when I started Evergrove, that's where I was working for two like the first two years. And when I was getting sales calls I would schedule them when I was either like, like before work, like I would schedule them at like 7am because sometimes they're like East coast clients and I could be like, yeah, I can take a call at seven or 8am your time. Um, Other times were like during lunch, I would just go in my car or I would run home real quick and then, and then call them. Um, but then I noticed that there were certain breaks in like when people were in the office because there's, there's only like actually like four people in, in the front office. It was a very small company, but there was like a, a bunch of service techs in the back and none of them were there afternoon. So like between noon and five, no one was there because they were out doing jobs and typically they all had their own truck. So typically they would be out doing jobs and they wouldn't even come back to the shop. They would just go home after their last job. So there's a room in the back with the like, they called the uh, the electronics room, which is where they'd go in their troubleshoot, troubleshoot scales and things like that. I would take calls in there all the time. Um, I would just go back there and I would, I would have a call. And then if like the service manager came back, like I would just walk, walk past them and then go into another part of the shop or something. But I would only do like once or so a week. I want to like make it very too, like too obvious. But honestly, I was too scared to tell people that like I had a side hustle and I was afraid of the perception that they were going to have towards us. Like, Oh, this is an illegitimate company. Like they're, you're just doing this on the side. But then I like, we got bigger. This is still technically a side hustle for me. And the more people that I work with that are doing like landscaping or lawn care as a side hustle, or even our vendors who are doing that as a side hustle, I just don't care. Like as long as you provide a good service and you even when people are like yeah this is a side hustle for me i'm like yeah but you kick ass like (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's really all that matters and i think and i I think there i wish i would have i wish i would have felt this when we first started i wish i would have been you know had the foresight to be like Now, you know, this is, you know, this is just a side, this, not just a side hustle. This is a side hustle. So, like, I do have a full-time job on top of this. So, there's going to be some hour limitations with communication with me. I think people would absolutely be open to hearing that. What I didn't do, though, was I never hid the fact that I worked full-time. I never, like, pretended that I didn't have a full-time job or I never um said like yeah this is you know my main gig like if somebody asked people asked like some guys asked they're like is this your full-time thing or like is this kind of like a side thing I'm like i do a full-time job yeah um but i'm you know i i work you know when i work remote i was like i work remote and so it gives me the flexibility to do both things um and if i didn't work remote i worked that uh that um scale distributor i was like i was like yeah but i'm like you know the I had the unofficial director of marketing title, so I was like, I you know I'm the marketing guy there, so like I wanted to open my own agency and do you know more marketing work. And a lot of guys just really respected that.
0: Yeah, respect the hustle all around. I, I think that <clears throat> I don't know if somebody tells me that there's nothing but upside to it. If if they're doing it on the side, if they're bad at business, they're undercharging and they're never going to leave their day job, and I'm just going to get a sweet deal by not having to pay as much because they don't know how to price their prices or price their services appropriately. Unfortunate for them. Great for me to receive those services. Right. Um, Or they are going to jump ship eventually. And then maybe they have to do those price increases. And I was fortunate enough to be early in there to have a major sweet discount and um, get amazing service early on. Right. And then that will grow it and, if they're good at business, too, they're going to continue to appreciate the early customers that choose to stay with them and that sort of thing. I just people do business all sorts of ways. Uh, and as long as they're good at it and they offer a, a good service, um, I say service just because of what we do. It could be a product, too. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you're good at it, then those other things, they just don't matter. So, um, yeah, you're you're going to work at night. <laughs> right? And you're gonna work early in the morning too. I guess it's kinda up to the person too, um, which they choose to do. I remember uh okay, two philosophies on this. There are some people, this is the I think this is the straw man argument. No, Iron Man argument. I'm gonna build up the other side first, that's not me, who believe that you should wake up early and give your best to your company before you go to your day job. Because if not, you're just giving your leftovers to your company after you've given your best to your employer. That's one perspective. That assumes two things
1: <laughs> that assumes one, you give your best in the morning. And that assumes two, that you're giving your best to your employer. <laughs> 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 Which Was I think time. is not bad time to take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is not the case for most dudes in their like mid mid to late 20s. Right.
0: Yeah. So um, there's there's validity validity in that. Um, if, if that's how you operate, then that's totally fine. And yeah, definitely wake up early and, and do that. Or, you know, whatever it is, if you've got kids, I don't know. You have to figure out what the best way to do it in your situation is. I was always a earlier on, it was get home, you know, readjust mentally, and then seven to 11 every night um, was work. And because I had a partner, that was those sort of hours sort of worked. Of course, some nights it overflowed past that. And by some, I mean probably a lot, but that's what I remember. Um, I think that if you're in that crowd, I think that's more realistic for most people. Everybody wants to believe that they're gonna be these crazy early morning people. Jake's a freak, what he did this morning. I don't know how he does it. That's amazing. Um, I can't do that. So um I think my one tip for this, I got this from Malin Daris, he's a an affiliate. I think I mentioned it before the second morning. When I get done or when I got done with my day at a day job, I go home, I would, you know, eat supper do whatever it is that you have to, I don't even remember what I did, right? I I didn't do that much, if I'm being honest. Ate food, um, took a a mental break for a second, and then I would start my, my second morning. I would start over again. I'd get in the shower, I'd brush my teeth, I'd get myself a drink, I'd sit back down, I would mentally reset as if I'd just woken up for the second time, and then I would get to work. And I had to go through the motions. It's the only thing that ever really worked for me. Um, As far as figuring out a way, because everybody would always say, I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you how you go home from work and then you do it again. And that, my response was always the same. And I'd say, you think I want to do this? You think that this is fun? Like, I'm just this. I'm having the time in my life. And it's not that I, <laughs> I didn't I was, completely I was, I was, hate it because I did it right. Like, I I wanted to do it more than anything else. And that's why I did it but I wasn't having a blast, right? It wasn't the most exciting thing in the world. But that's what helped me do it, is to get back into the the mental space where I needed to be was treat it like you just woke up again. I always laugh when you say second second
1: morning because it just reminds me of like Lord of the Rings when Pippin's like, What about breakfast? you already had breakfast? What about second breakfast? Second breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) You're like second morning? (laughs) Uh yeah, I I was never a morning person, and I talked about this on a past episode. Like, I had to, I had to become a morning person because I wanted I value my relationship and spending nights with my fiance. And before her, I was I was a night person. I, did, I woke up at the last possible minute in order to get ready and go to work. So I I would wake up. There was like a thirty minute drive with traffic to work every morning, and normally like fifteen minutes without traffic. But I would wake up like 45 minutes before I have to be at work. It, it was so fast. I would just get up and go. And uh, now it's it's definitely shifted. Actually, right now we're building a gym in our spare bedroom down here. And uh, I've sent you a couple pictures of it so far. Yeah, it's uh, looking good. Thank you. Um, thank I got the flooring. There, right? The flooring is in the garage. Now I just got to like lay it out. and Because when you get flooring, like they come in like they're basically templated, so if you don't floor it properly, you have like three of the same planks right next to each other and it looks weird. So okay, you gotta like So what kind of flooring is the gym gonna be? So underneath so right now it's like sub flooring concrete and then on top of that you put the actual like tongue and groove planks. Oh, in the back, Right. Yeah. So, and then yeah. well, so between the tongue and groove planks and the concrete we're also gonna put like a padded underlayment. Uh it's like a styrofoam kind of like sheet. And then you put the tongue and groove planks together. And then on top of that, in a certain section of the gym, we're going to get the like three-eighths inch
0: rubber padding. Yeah, nice. That's what I was wondering. wondering.
1: Yeah, and it's only going to be in the weight area. So um, I'm getting the tonal gym, which just mounts to the wall. It's like cable machine. And then I've got my Peloton and I've got to get a treadmill in there. But then once that's in there, I don't have to go to the gym anymore, which means that's going to save me like 30 to 45 minutes every morning going to the gym and getting dressed at the gym. So it, it's the gym is literally like five minutes away. Like It's across the street and it's like down the back road. And it it shouldn't take me 15 minutes to get there, but I've timed it. And it does. I don't, like from driveway to driveway or like driveway to um, locker room, 15 minutes. And that's 30 minutes. That's an, inti- that's a 5k that I could have just come down here and done it. And yeah. usually when I get to the gym, I do a 5k and then I do abs, which takes like six minutes. So like, if I could just cut that out and like, that, like, that's just like me being here. I don't have to come. I don't even have to change. It. I, don't, I didn't change it right now. This is these are my gym clothes. Actually. <laughs> I went to the barber. I came here and I had a meeting at eight 30 and I was like, oh, okay, well <laughs> after eight thirty ended and we were doing the podcast. So Still my gym clothes. But if that's here, that just saves me more time in the morning to to do work. Because what I usually do is I struggle with the concept of if I wake up early, I can do one of two things. I can go to the gym and I can focus on my health or I can focus on the business and neglect my health. So <laughs> <laughs> and I struggle with this every day. Seriously, like every day I'm like, ah, get up. I take my shot of energy and then I'm like, all right, I'm up. But then, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm just not feeling 100%. Like, man, I really don't feel like sweating my ass off on a treadmill or, like, lifting weights or being sore or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I could get a lot of work done. Like, I like because then I don't have to do 30 minutes of driving or, and getting ready. Like, I'm just at the computer. That's an extra 30 minutes of work to get in the zone and then, like, actually doing work. And I realize that if you want to have, if, if you want to do things that are important in your life, you have to dedicate time to it. And you don't just get to do it when you have free time. Because ultimately, like, like looking good and being comfortable in my body is something that's important to me. But like, I I always end up neglecting it and always say like, oh, well, I, I can do it later in the day. But I never do because then I have to actually like break my work concentration or create some time when like Lauren's getting off work where I'm gone and I have to go to the gym. So now like... It doesn't matter how busy the morning is for me now. Now I just go to the gym. I say I don't care. I have to go because the, I value this, and it, it's the same with you know working on your work, working on your agency when you get home from work. Like right when you get home from work. Like let's say you get home at five thirty, five thirty seven thirty, work on your agency. Like you have to do that. If friends want to hang out, well, I mean, if you guys want to go out that night, then after seven thirty, <laughs> pregame after that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that there's. I think people fight with themselves and not realize what is actually important to them because if it's important to you, you're already prioritizing it. They say that they want to do X, they want to do Y that that's important to them. That's what they want to do. But the reality is whatever you're currently doing with your time is already what's important to you. Um, If there's a mismatch, then you might need to correct it, but everybody has a default mode where they revert back to what prioritizing their priorities uh, and you might need to retrain yourself or readjust how you're spending that time to match up with what you want to prioritize instead of what you currently are prioritizing. But being conscious and aware of that, I think is is important for you know growing into that that mental space that you need to be in, um, especially early on in the business because you need to like the learning of it, which I, I think. What I hear is I'm I'm so far removed from this now, too. So when Jake tells me these things, I just I laugh because it's comical about, you know, these guys who are starting businesses and doing nothing in the business themselves. Like, why are you doing this? (laughs) It's just so weird. Like, if you if you want to do something, that means you like doing it and want to learn it. So if you're doing it and you're not learning it, that's just bizarre. That's so strange that, like Jake said. There's no way around the time, the time that you have to sink into it. And there's also a there's a a threshold of time that's required for something to actually become really valuable and worth it. If you ask a doctor how much you should exercise a day, I don't know what they'll say, like a minimum of a half hour or something, right? Right. That's that's important. And then you say, well, what if I, I walk for five minutes or something? And they're going to say, I mean, yeah, that's not that's not bad. That's what I mean is right. Um, maybe you're starting a business and you say, you know, I work on the business for half an hour every day, because that's the time that I have currently available to give to it. That's not bad. I'm not going to say it's bad. Um, but you might not be over the threshold that you need to be in order for your business to get to the next level. You're, you might just not, you might be keeping up with the tide or you might actually be still going backwards because the tide is pushing you further than what the half hour is doing for you. I think the, the best real world I Example I have for this is Japanese because of how brutal it is. I learned early on that if I wanted to make serious gains with Japanese, I needed to do a minimum of three hours a day. And that's Japanese, because if you say if you do Spanish or French or any other, you know, English, what's that? (laughs) Oh, you cut out.
1: Oh, I muted myself. (laughs) I was making fun of languages like Spanish and French and calling them sissy languages. Ah, sissy. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, but I can do, I can say that because I can speak both. Yeah. I'm like, you can do both. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, those you could probably, you probably can. If you did an hour a day and you just did it consistently, that would be enough. Japanese isn't one of them, right? If you want to get good, you're serious about it, then it's, and Chinese, Korean, those are in the same groups where you're going to have to do uh, a few hours. Every single day, if you want to make real gains. And I think that that's a good parallel to the business because right, maybe early on, you're only putting in half an hour, an hour or something, just because you're building up the muscle, getting used to sitting down, getting used to treating it like a serious thing. And then you just gradually build up, you start building up endurance, and then you spend more and more time. And then it's not even hard for you. You know, after six months, after a year in, and then you realize that this is just what you do you sit down, you crank out know four hours and it's it's not you're not fighting yourself um because you've developed the discipline and you've learned to like it and i I hope that you do and if not, then go build a business that you do like because that's weird to to not do that. <laughs> I can't remember who said it or or where this or like originated from,
1: but I've always heard that it takes twenty eight days to build a habit twenty eight days of doing the
0: thing that you want to do. Like I think it was Atomic tom- Habits, right? Was it that's that's the big book that kind of I remember Jenny read it. Uh I never read it, but she just said that you could write this book, so that's why I didn't read it. <laughs> so I don't think I don't I don't think there's like anything
1: scientific with 28 days, but I think that's like just generally if you do this every single day, it becomes a habit. And my definition of a habit is something that stresses you out if you don't do it. And so working out for me is very similar to that. It's I if I do this for 28 days straight, I get stressed or anxious if I don't get up and go work out. And the same thing can happen with your agency. If you work on your agency for 28 days straight, don't take any breaks, like you're going to start getting stressed about like I need to be doing something for the agency. And typically there you already know what you need to be doing, whether that's like focusing on building out your website or, you know, writing content or like engaging in groups or, you know, whatever. And um I was going somewhere with this and
0: then I just totally lost it. But <laughs> it just made me think of when, uh, when one of us will take like the long weekend where we'll say, Hey, I got to bust out of here early on a Friday or something. And then we spend truly three days away from the, from the business occasionally. And then you come back and you, you're like Gandalf in the, in, you know, in the caves. And he's like, I have no recollection. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> oh, uh, I, and you feel remember, anxious, right? Yeah. I remember where I was going with this. So like, Um, Lauren
1: started a netsy shop and you have to do like a lot of SEO when you start that shop because you can't. And and she's like, her traffic has been growing. Like it was like last seven days, it was like 10 people. And then like, it was 20 people and then it was 40 people. And so I was like, this is like really good. And she's like, yeah, but there's no sales. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Like as long as the traffic keeps going up, like that's gains. That's all. That's all you should care about when you first start it. And I was like, it, you know doing the seo and like and like learning this stuff is part of the etsy business and and in order to like really see the gains you've got to make this a habit you've got to like you know every day spend 30 minutes on the store or like spend an hour on the store or something and um i don't know if that's like adding a video or updating the alt text or or whatever and I mean, hers isn't as serious. Hers is more of a hobby. So, like, she's not posting about it on social or forums or anything like that. So um, it's it's less applicable to her. But I'm basically saying, like, if you want something to be successful, you have to create a schedule and you have to stick to it in order for it to become a habit. And that's how I think Evergross kind of blew or blew up. And I think right now, like, for... Marcus I think he's I, I think now it's di- a little bit different for him because now he like he's doing his thing full time but also like teaching uh, martial arts, so like he can spend more time on it before but, like starting in January this year it wasn't as regular and i don't think he, he wasn't seeing as many, as much gains as he is now because he's actually like focusing on it every day
0: that's tough man yeah i uh, I remember i this was a few years back when i I paid off all my student loans. And then I got excited because I had some money and I could actually prioritize myself. And I, I started going to the gym again I got back into martial arts and I, I wanted to seriously get back into fighting. And when you're, when you're seriously in that sort of training, you sleep so much (laughs) like unavoidably because every workout you do, I, I, I never did it, but I had classmates who would track and they would legit burn between 700 and 1200 calories. Um, from a training session and it's hardcore right
1: um dude my i when i was in Kansas City my buddy Ryan who i used to live next to he uh he did volleyball and he would send me screenshots of his like fitbit and it was like you burned 3000 calories today i was like holy crap geez. i was like dude <laughs>
0: was like that's insane yeah. it feels good right it it felt it was cool prioritizing it to my health to that level. But then I also realized too, because we had the business going and we were finally making some big gains that <clears throat> I felt bad because I felt like I lied to a lot of people and to myself saying that I, I wanted to get serious about this and prioritize it. And then really it was an exercise and learning myself that um I, I do want to prioritize my health, but if I'm being real that I want to prioritize the business more than the level that I was prioritizing um the gym. So I just had to crank it back a ton because it was taking like three to four hours of my life every day. And I needed a lot of those hours back in order to put them into the business. So just I, I had slower gains at the gym and faster gains in the business. And that's what made me happier. So I don't know if that helps them at all to hear that. Well, Maybe other people need to hear that too with other things that they're over prioritizing or something. But
1: it makes me mad when people are like, I don't have time to grow the business and like do the client work and work a full time job because I'm like, I did it, but again, that's also you know that's kind of like survivor bio, su- survivor bias from coming from me because like I I mean I did it and but I also don't have a kid either, so like you know that's something I can't really can speak to or consider. But at the same time, like I we were able to grow this very safely without having to make any irrational decisions. I know it was all just very slow. We, one of our like first twenty episodes, we have like it's okay to grow slow. It's safer that way and so i don't think that it is a form of survivorship bias but i don't think it is uh, actually survivorship bias because we were never faced with a sink or swim decision and I, it just so it just makes me mad i think when people are like i you know you have to quit you have to like dive into this to to um, actually grow it i mean if you want to like get to 100,000 in one year yeah you got probably got to roll the dice but i'm not willing to do that and you know maybe you are
0: i just don't think that's smart
1: uh, but yeah, maybe you get
0: lucky take your time there's there's no speed police out here saying or making fun you know it might only your own on ego <laughs> you've seen that uh i don't know if it was the tiktok it was a short video of the guy who walks into home depot he's the dad and then he he's looking for something he doesn't know where it is and then it's it's like a mock dream where everybody said so they come in over the loudspeaker and they're like hey everybody this dad doesn't know what he's looking for like everybody point at him and laugh <laughs> and that's that's how i, I, I feel about that. the I that. <laughs> well you, how how I feel you feel have like i walk
1: into menards like i walk into my like i don't know where anything's at <laughs> but then like i go i go into home depot and like i could work there well i did work there but i could work there again and just be like i'll show you exactly where that's at
0: yeah, that's how people I think feel about the agency and and not growing at whatever pace it is that somebody decided they're supposed to be at. Like, just I don't know, run your own race. Nobody cares, right? If you, I don't know, if you need help coming to terms with that too, just shoot us a message and I'll say, hey, you're doing great. I'll say the things your dad should have said but it didn't. Really <laughs> really. <laughs> Dude, I
1: we would we we could have a whole podcast episode on things your dad should have said. <laughs> brutal <laughs> I, th- I think um, I think I keep seeing a lot of people are like I-, I you know I've been doing this for three months and I haven't landed a single client I'm like three months that's it <laughs> those are rookie numbers yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta pump those numbers up man you gotta wait longer <laughs> uh, but it's not just a matter of waiting it's like actually doing the things that matter uh, you know engaging in groups not being salesy for, you know pushing out content you-, you know actually providing a good service so you know if, if you're three months into it six months into it a year into it you don't have a client yet that's okay like we didn't it but you know just make sure that you're the things that you're doing are actually actionable for the growth of an agency you're not just doing work for the sake of doing work so yep got anything else that's all that's all i got all right. cool well, everybody thanks for listening uh we'll see in the next one see you <laughs>